the Adorable Boy Podcast. Thank you for joining us. I am Adorable Boy Spud, and I am here to have a great show with you guys, to share a great show with the Adorable Boy Faithful. And faithful you have been, friends. Faithful you have been. We have a great show planned for you today. Uh, let's let's go down the rundown, see what we got here for, for everyone. Let's see. Uh, we're going to, of course, update you on the podcast war. Um, let's see what else. I'm going to take your phone calls. Of course, the adorable boy number is, as always, Stuyvesant47464. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Low Pitch Tim and Joe the Camel Boy, they're going to be coming in. Going to discuss the duel again. And, uh, you know, see where we stand on that. It's uh, only a few weeks away. Uh, actually, it's, uh, yeah, by the time the, it's, about, uh, it's about one week away. So that'll be fun. Um, we're going to talk about, uh, let's see, well, of course, we probably will have to hear from uh, some people we don't want to hear about from, and I won't even say more than that. If you've been listening for the past few weeks, you, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, a benchmark bit for the Adorable Boys is coming back. It is the, the legendary Adorable Boy phone trick. So we're going to have one of those for you. We, those are always fun. A new a new uh, feature on the show. It's gonna. It actually concerns um, helping future generations. It's sort of a time capsule for future generations. That's gonna be fun. We'll explain that more when we get to it. And then, of course, we'll talk about uh, the news, like we always do. Riff, be funny, because that's what the adorable boys do, and that's what the adorable boy fans have come to expect from the radio show, which was popular for decades on stations all over the country. And now for the past, you know, month or two, it's been the podcast and we've delivered every time. And, you know, speaking of delivering on a podcast, that's a a perfect segue into the adorable boy podcast war radio podcast war update. Podcast war. All right. We turn our sights to an enemy we all know well. We don't really love him, but we know him. And we've been talking about him for the last few weeks. And uh, his name is Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette has a podcast. We declared war on him a while ago. And in less than a week after that, he blocked the adorable boys on Twitter. And of course, that means, obviously, that's a surrender. Because he couldn't handle us. Um, so now, we, we're just, we've been asking for weeks. And we're getting pretty frustrated. We sent the treaty of surrender over to him. We just want him to sign it, and then we can put him behind, put that podcast behind us, and move on. But until you sign that, Jim Cornette, we cannot move on. So, this week's podcast war update, like other weeks' podcast war update, will will focus primarily on Jim Cornette and his podcast. Now, Jim, I got a few things to say to you. So, listen up, okay? I know you Kentucky boys sometimes have a hard time with comprehending. And that means understanding. Uh, so listen closely. Uh, play this for your friend, maybe your co-host, but maybe not. Your, maybe someone else, because all your co-host does is agree with you. So we don't don't play it for him. Um, I don't, if you can get back in Chris Jericho's good graces, maybe that's a good idea. You can play this for him, and then he can interpret it for you. But just find someone. Um, so we tried to be nice, Jim. That's what I want to say first and foremost. We really tried to be nice to you, as as nice as we could be to someone like you. 
Um, we just want you to officially surrender. And then we can still be even, even nice to you. We'll still be nice to you. But we've asked you, week in and week out, to just sign the treaty. It's easy. You've already surrendered. Just officially surrender. Make it, make it official. Um, but you won't do it. You will not oblige us. So, Mr. Cornette, you leave us no choice but to wage this war on you. And you're bringing it on yourself. As You know, looking back into your career, I, I, career, I was reflecting upon it. And you've done this kind of thing all your, the whole, your whole career. Um, it, this is just a microcosm of your entire life in wrestling. You never do what's good for you, Jim. You fight and fight and fight. And in the end, you're just digging your own hole deeper. You know? I mean, in the WWE, you could have befriended a young, upstart, very talented writer named Vince Russo. You could have helped him build the Attitude Era in wrestling. Now, for those of you who don't know what the Attitude Era is or was, it was a period in wrestling, uh, probably from about, I don't know, 96 to 2001, I'd say. Um, and it was just, it was, it, wrestling was pretty extreme. They, they pushed the, the boundaries, a lot like shock jocks like us do. And they had, you know, content with, with more violence and more everything. And Vince Russo was the architect of that Attitude Era. And Jim Cornette actually worked in the WWE in the beginning there of the Attitude Era. So Jim could have, he could have befriended Russo and he could have used what knowledge he has about the wrestling industry to make the product even better. Who knows what the Attitude Era could have been if Jim Cornette would have just done what was good for him and what was good for wrestling. But of course, Jim Cornette doesn't do that. Jim Cornette never does what's good for him. Not really. He thinks he does, but he doesn't. And what he did back then was he made an enemy out of one of the greatest wrestling minds ever, one Vince Russo. And in effect, was not only fired from his job at WWE, but humiliated as well. And then um, it, it's, it's shameful, Jim Cornette, that you can't just act in your own best interest, which you're not doing now either. Your own best interest right now would be to sign that treaty. But you won't do it, so... Uh, but let's keep going on in your career. You had another chance, a very similar chance, in a wrestling league called TNA. It was, it was uh, the competitor against the WWE in the early 2000s. It's still around now, but they're not as um, big. Uh, but I, I don't know what year you joined them, in the, somewhere in the mid-2000s. And you ran into Russo again. One of the great... You had, uh, it's unbelievable that you had access to one of the greatest wrestling minds ever, twice, in two different situations. And in both times, you did the absolute wrong things. It really is. It, it, it's, a, it's a military blunder, is what it is. Because in TNA, you could have left the past in the past. But you, you fought Vince Russo tooth and nail and made sure everyone knows how much you hate him. And you just made him an enemy of yours. And it's... I, I, it boggles my mind that you made the same mistake again. Because when Vince Russo was writing for TNA, they had probably 1.3 million uh, viewers every week, which is huge. It was huge for them. And Vince Russo did it. But yet, again, you made it so that, you know, you got fired in some way from TNA. Not doing what is good for you, Jim Cornette. That's, that's your problem. And then you blame other people. You blame people like the adorable boys. We're just doing what we have to do, Jim. We have to fight this war on kowtowing. And you're one of the chief kowtowers. 
So do we we fought the war, we won. Do what's right. Do what's right, Jim Cornette. I dare you to. But you've never done it before in your career. You've never done what's best for Jim Cornette. You've arrogantly thought you have, but you haven't. So then after TNA, I haven't really followed your career. I know you got fired from NWA a little while ago, but I, that's besides the point. I don't know about that. I don't even know why you were fired. But anyway, um, after, I mean, you've had a podcast. I don't know how long it's been on. Obviously, that's the bone of contention between us and you, that your podcast is a kowtowing marathon. Um, and you, and you just talk about Vince Russo all the time. And every, every interview you give, every convention, every, everywhere, you talk about Vince Russo. You're obsessed with him. And he's just trying to live his life. He's, he's you know, a humble... Uh, he's just a guy. He does his own podcast. I'm a fan of his podcast. A lot better than yours, in my opinion. He doesn't kowtow. Um, and he's just living... You know, he's happy with his wife and his kids and all that stuff. And his friends. And, and, and yet you, every chance you get, you go after him. To the point where he got a restraining order against you. Think about that, Jim Cornette. He got a restraining order against you. Because of what you said. And now, I mean, you're, other, even as we speak, not only are you doing what's wrong with the Adorable Boy podcast, not only are you doing what's wrong by not surrendering in the podcast war. Hashtag podcast war. You're, you've been suspended from watching AEW. You know, an upstart league that's doing well in the ratings and, 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 I mean, has a legend like Chris Jericho at the, at the, as a figurehead. And not that he doesn't, not that he doesn't contribute. I'm just saying he is the, the symbol of AEW, if you will. And you made him so mad that he suspended you from watching the product. And he has that kind of power. So you've been saying you've been watching it, but I doubt you have because you can't because you've been suspended by the great Chris Jericho. Once again... Oh, and I mean, he suspended you because all you do is badmouth the league and say how it's not good and how you hate it, yet you still watch it. But, and not only that, but you, you were friends with Chris Jericho. You helped him become who he is. And then you started putting down his singing and his wrestling and his, his involvement in AEW. You stabbed him in the back, Jim. Another terrible move on your part. But just, I mean, not surprising. Status quo for Mr. Cornette. I just don't understand you, Jim Cornette. So, um, I mean, I just, I just said that to give the audience an idea of who, of, of what's going on here, Jim Cornette. It, this is nothing new. So, I mean, you're, you know, you're outmatched here, and you've already surrendered, but you just can't bring yourself to do the right thing for you and to do the, the right thing in the, in the grand scheme of things. You can't bring yourself to do it. Um, and, and the wheels are in motion. We are beginning the, the, the offensive against you, Jim Cornette. And again, this is not a physical threat in any way. This is us directing our podcast creativity and our podcast might against your podcast's might. Your podcast might. And, and we've already come out on top. So uh, the wheels are in motion next week. You know, we will, we will officially resume this podcast war against the battle. I mean, the war is going on, but the battle against you will, 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 will resume. And I mean, it's like you're, it's like you're having a, a new Waterloo every day is the thing. Cause we beat you every single day that we exist. 
just the notion that we are here making this podcast. Me, Frank and Beans, the entire production staff, and the other two adorable boys, wherever they are, hopefully God is, is protecting them. And hopefully they will come home again, and not in a body bag. But anyway, um, we're, we're, just, we're, we're beating you every, every single day that we exist. So, I mean, if you can sign the treaty in a timely fashion, maybe, just maybe, we'll be able to stop those wheels from being in motion. And we'll be able to, to change strategy and go to the next target. But you better do that by next week, Jim. Your time is running out. We've been, uh, again, one word that is associated with the adorable boys is magnanimity. And we have been so magnanimous with you, Jim. So magnanimous. But, of course... The one word that is associated with the Cornet podcast is kowtowing. And you have kowtowed up and down and you still are. So that's where we find ourselves, Jim. I am sick of having to devote parts of my show to this podcast war, but it's the right thing to do. And I'll continue to do it. Because I have to. Because I want to save podcasting. There are so many good podcasters out there who are being buried by kowtowers. There are so many great podcasters out there who don't even know they're kowtowing as we speak. The adorable boy, you can call us the guardian angels of podcasting. And we take that job very seriously, Jim. You got one week. One week, bucko. One week. I'm, I'm sorry to the adorable boy faithful for getting a little worked up. It's just, war is hell. You know, podcast war, hashtag podcast war is hell. And even when you know you're going to win, it's still, it's hell. The victim right now, the victims are you, because I could be giving you original content here, but instead I have to do this business, this podcast war business. So I'm sorry, but I think you all understand, and I think you're here fighting with me. So give yourselves a round of applause. The Adorable Boy Army. All right, I think I want to do some phone calls now just to get my mind off of this. Uh, You guys always have a way of of lifting my spirits. Um, Pete Johnson, he's out there. He's monitoring everything. He's doing a great job. Pete Johnson Jr., sorry. He's our engineer. uh... So yeah, we're going to go to the phones. Let's see. The phones are lit. You guys are, you know, these guys have just been great with the phones. It's so nice to look over to the bank and just see them lit up. All you guys eager to to share your ideas with the adorable boys. All right. We are going to go to girl, big rig driver. Um, I guess she's on the road or something. All right, girl, big rig driver. What do you got for the adorable boy podcast? Episode eight. Hi, I'm, I'm new to the podcast, but I'm really enjoying it. I just want to know why you're attacking this guy, Jim Cornette. I, 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 from what you're saying, he's a wrestler. Uh, I, I just don't understand why you're attacking him. Uh, well, just because you're new doesn't mean you should call up and be ignorant. Um, you can listen to the previous shows. You could have listened to him before you made this call. But um, we, we, we're not attacking Jim Cornette in any way. We're We're... We're sick of him kowtowing. And I believe I've been very clear about this. We're sick of everyone kowtowing. And he was kind of the first one. He's the biggest that we've seen. So that's where he started the battle. Um, and we just want him to stop kowtowing or stop podcasting. 
which may be the only way he can stop kowtowing. But um, that's it. We're not attacking him. We're just fighting a podcast war for the good for the goodness of all podcasting. Oh, it just seems weird. And you say kowtowing a lot. I just I just wanted to find out. All right, thank you. Okay, uh, thank you for the call, and maybe listen to the older episodes before you uh, make another one. All right, we're going to go to another phone call. Let's see what looks good here. I'm looking at the screen. Um, all right, Jerry Noid, um, you are on the air with the Adorable Boy podcast. What do you got for us, Jerry Noid? Oi, did you happen to see the UFC fight this past weekend? I couldn't believe how it ended. Jerry, not only have I not mentioned that UFC fight, I have never mentioned a UFC fight on here at all. Uh, and we're not talking about that right now. Um, so I, I don't know why, why you called or what you're doing with your life. Um, we should get some phone screeners who know what they're doing. And they, could, they would have filtered you out. You're, you should feel terribly about yourself. Because you made a bad call to a broadcast. And you ruined everyone's day. I don't care about UFC. I've never mentioned UFC. We're talking about the podcast war. Get your head in the game. One more call is good. Uh, we can go to Bobo, our old friend Bobo. All right, Bobo, you are on the Adorable Boy Podcast, Episode 8. What can we do for you? Oh, hey, hey, all right. Uh, I just want to say that I, I hate the unthinking mob, and I hated that, that, that they were on the show last week. And I, I think you should never let them on again, no matter what the court says. All right, well, thank you, Bobo. That's a, a valid opinion, but um, here's the thing. Yes, the court did say we have to put them on, but that's not the only reason I put them on. You see, uh, groups like that thrive on, on anonymity. And they work behind the scenes, and they, they make people think that they're smarter than they are, that they have more information than they do. But they don't. They're actually pretty stupid. And it's pretty clear to see. So putting them on this podcast shines a light on them and no longer allows them to operate in the shadows. So uh, I'm going to let them on every time they want to come on. And, and that'll it'll expose them for who they are. And yet we're going uh, to have them on later, and we're going to... I, doubt, I, don't, I don't hold out any hope that it'll go better than last week, but they're going to be on, and I don't even like talking about them, but this is all part of the podcast war now, isn't it? I mean, this unthinking mob is who podcasters like Jim Cornette are kowtowing to. These are the people that are trying to, to appease, but the thing is, and the big joke that's on all these kowtowing podcasts is that they will never appease the unthinking mob or their leader, whatever his, his or her name is. And so that's why, we, that's why we, this is a vital part of the war. We're now fighting this podcast war on two fronts. Um, if you know anything about history, Germany lost World War II when they betrayed Russia and then had to fight a Western front of the war and an Eastern front of the war. Western being the Allies, coming from the Western, the West part of the world. And the Eastern front was the Russians. And that's one of the big reasons why Germany lost World War II. Uh, the adorable boys, however, are powerful enough to fight a war on both fronts. And that's a big difference. So we're going to take on the unthinking mob. We're going to take on the cow towers. And it's really all just one problem. 
and we're strong enough to deal with it. So that is why we have we let the unthinking mob have some time on the Adorable Boy podcast. Thanks for the call, Bobo. Um, all right, that's good. We, I think we're gonna go to great uh, to to great. We are great. I think we're gonna go to break. Um, one more piece of business. I think the word uh, gubernatorial is funny. I think that's a funny word. All right. Uh, going to hear from some of our sponsors. Uh, if you want to get us on social media, talk to us. It's at Adorable Podcast at, on Gmail. At G, no, Adorable Podcast Gmail at gmail.com. Wow, that was tough for me to say. Um, that's where you can email us if you want to talk to us through that. Adorable Podcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, it's at Adorable Podcast. Uh, AOL keyword, Adorable Podcast. Uh, Facebook, The Adorable Boy Podcast. Uh, Instagram, Adorable Podcast. So find us in all those places and locals. Might make a parlor. I've been hearing about parlor, so we might do that. Uh, we'll talk to you. We'll tell you when we do. Okay, Adorable Boy Episode 8, off to an intense start. We'll be right back after these words. some of my friends asked me to come on down and help clean up the Texas highways. They said just put on something comfortable and then put anything you pick up along the road in this little bag. The only problem is I don't think I can bend over in this dress. This summer, the Adorable Boy podcast and their fans they are cleaning up Texas. Look for this Adorable Boy Don't Mess With Texas display. You know, this isn't such hard work. Welcome back to the Adorable Boy Podcast, Episode Eight. Uh, we got Frank and Beans. He's bringing in uh, Low Pitch Tim right now. We were gonna have Tim and Joe the Camel Boy in studio, but we just think the fireworks might fly, and we don't want them to fly here. We want them to fly on August twenty fifth in international waters. So best safe for that. Uh, but you know, we're gonna get Joe on the phone, and here comes Tim. He's walking in with. Um, Frank and Beans, our producer. So let's wait for them. Good to see you, Tim. Tim has got a long sleeve shirt on, which is unseasonable, but you know, whatever his style is. He sure has gained a lot of weight, uh, Tim. You know, you should think about. Yeah, just sit down, get those on. You should think about um, losing weight, exercise regimen, or surgery, or something, because you're gaining weight. Uh, so how how is training going? Um, wait, wait, oh wait, hold on. We're gonna connect to Joe the Camel Boy. There you go, Joe. Do we have you? All right, perfect. So uh, Tim, I'll go to you first. How is uh, training going? What what what's going on with uh, with your practice for the duel? Well, Spud, I'm having some trouble. What happened, Tim? Oh, he's he's taking off his uh, sweatshirt. Oh, you have a. You got a cast on the arm. What happened? It's like he has a cast pretty much covering his hand, his wrist, and down to kind of the middle of his forearm. Uh, what, what happened, Tim? 
I never fired a gun before. And I went to the range, and I shot one. And it like, kicked back and it broke my wrist. Well, you're not supposed to fire, shoot a big gun your first time. Was it a big gun? I don't know. It was a gun. And I fired it, and it broke my wrist. Oh, okay. Well, is it going to heal by the by next week for the duel, or are you just going to do the duel with the other hand? I can't do the duel at all, Spud. I have a broken wrist. I can't even hold the gun. Well, that's not my fault. You know, I got this whole setup. We got the yacht. You think it's cheap to get something like this done in international waters? I mean, you really, you got to do it, man. Yeah, I, th I think you're right, Joe. I think he's just wimping out. I don't think he. I don't think he thinks he can beat you. Why don't you? Why don't you take take your shirt off? I want to see the cast. I I don't believe you. Let me see your wrist. Doctor said I can't take the cast off. I I don't believe you. Take take it off. Come on, Frank and Beans, come come help him get this thing off. No, please. It hurts. Yeah, that's good. Saw it off. Saw the whole thing off, Frank. Good job. Looks like you're good with the saw. That's good. All right. Now take it off. All right. Let me see it. Let me let me see his wrist. Oh, wow. That is bad. It's it's all red and what is that white stuff there? The bone. Oh, oh let him sit down. That that looks jagged. Ugh. I, why did you show me that, Tim? I, I didn't want to see that. It's broken. Put the cast back on. It's it's just disgusting. It it smells like fish. Just wrap it up and and, and put it on and put your shirt over it. Please. Yeah, Joe, it is. It's it's something awful to see. I I, I wish I didn't see it. Um But now Tim. Alright, you got your cast back on, you're sitting there, you look fine. Now Tim, we're friends, right? We're friends, you and I. Yeah, you're my best friend. Okay, so your best friend, as you just said, has a lot of money tied up into this duel. And I, I understand that your bone is broken, but bones heal, you know? I don't, if I don't have you for this duel, we may be ruined, you know, destroyed. Um, the wheels are in motion, and, and it wasn't easy to set this up. I had to call in some favors from some people, some some pretty dangerous people Tim and that's the situation you're leaving me in I, I just it, what we have to do this duel well, can we reschedule it for when I heal no no I'll, I'll be dead if we do that so definitely can't do that haven't I been a good friend to you yeah didn't I always go to your birthday parties and all your other celebrations you never went to my birthday. I send cards. Same, same thing. Same exact thing. I, I gave you my sentiments. Maybe I was busy. Well, I remember the radio station sending me cards. I don't remember one from you. The point is, we've been friends for so long. Do you really want to do this to me, your friend? We're making our big comeback. We're just getting the, you know, we're building momentum. 
and we're fighting our podcast war. Do you really want to do this to us? I don't want to, but I have a broken wrist. Use the other hand. You can use the other hand. I have arthritis in that hand. I can't use that for anything. Come on. An arthritic guy who doesn't know how to shoot a gun without breaking his wrist. That's what you are, Tim. That's what you're doing to me. If you lose, if maybe if you lose some weight, you could use both of your hands. You could do the duel, and everyone would be happy. You'd be a big hero. Damn it! No, I know, Joe. I, I just, I'm, I'm just at my wit's end with this guy. I can't. After all I've done for him, and he treats me like this. You know, you're here. You're ready to do the fight. You didn't break anything. You know, you're ready to do the duel and do whatever it takes. And then we have him. You know, punking out on us. Uh, I mean, it's Joe the Camel Boy versus Low Pitch Tim. I don't see how I could go without Low Pitch Tim. Oh, wait. Hold on a second, though. We have uh, Low Pitch Tim's mom. Low Pitch, your mom is on the phone. Uh, she, maybe she'll talk some sense into you. Mrs. Low Pitch, you are on the Adorable Podcast. Thank you for calling. Tim, honey, I don't think you should do this. Not even with a good wrist. He's just trying to exploit you, and I don't like that. That, that, lost connection. (sighs) Don't call back, Mrs. Lopich. I can't catch a break with this family. Killing everything. Listen, Tim, I'm looking you right in the eyes here. I'm I'm begging you. I need you to do this duel. I will give you anything that I can give you you if you'll just do the duel. Like what? Name what you want. Let me, just let me hear what you want. Can we go to dinner at Mendy's? I can buy you dinner at Mendy's, yeah, sure. And you'll eat with me? No, I would never do that. I'd, I'd rather be Luca Bratzied than, than to eat a meal at Mendy's with you. But I'll tell you what, though. I just had an idea. Had some instant feedback coming in and reminded me of something. I do know a doctor who seems to have magical powers. And I do think that he'd be able to, to fix you by the time for our duel. Now, if this doctor can fix you, first, are you willing to even try this doctor? I'll try any doctor. Okay, good. I like that. That's a start. Now let's keep this ball rolling. Now, if he can indeed fix your wrist good enough so that you can use a gun at the duel, will you do the duel? Sure, if he can fix me. But my doctor said it would take months. Well, mine's a special celebrity doctor. You, your guy doesn't know anything about anything. But but you'll do it if he can fix you, right? I trust you, Spud. Uh, your, Spud your trust is well-placed, Tim. Well-placed. So he'll, here's what we'll do. I'm actually... I just kind of arranged it with him. He's going to meet us on the boat. He's going to fix you right there. He said it'll only take a few minutes, and you'll be good as, good as new. Is that a deal? Um, okay, Spud. All right, great. Now, uh, now, just go on out of here. You're dripping blood on the carpet. Thank you. Joe, you still there? I'm sorry, Tim, took up all your time there, Joe. Um, we know you're training hard. We know you're doing your best. This is really going to be a duel for the ages. And I'm going to be honest, after this whole thing today, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you win. That's all I'm saying. And, and when and if, if and when you do, you're always welcome back. Um, anything else you want to say there, Joe? <laughs> Perfectly said, Joe. That is perfect. We're going to end it with you right there. All right, I understand that you're going to come in um, at the end of the show. 
we kept you guys apart here. You're actually on a phone in, in another building close to the adorable boy tower. We kept your party so there's no violence, and later on we'll have security, and it'll be a whole weigh-in type atmosphere. Because this is the last podcast before the hashtag podcast duel, the first ever adorable boy podcast duel. So we'll see you uh, in just a few minutes, actually. So thanks, Joe. That's wonderful. We're going to uh, gonna do the weigh-in. And that's going to be fun. So we'll move on to the next thing. Actually, I wanted to bring up that I had an idea. I think it's a good idea. I was sitting in my in my backyard near my pool. It's a really nice pool, you know, in-ground, all that stuff. Well, semi-in-ground, but it's good enough. It has a little, bit, little deck around. It's nice. But anyway, uh, sitting by my pool and I thought, you know what? 2020 has been a heck of a year. And I know, you know, in December, we're going to have all the memes. Oh, when will 2020 end? 2020, you can go. And I want to kind of, I'm always at the vanguard of things. You know, I see things before other people see them. So I was thinking, if there's another, eventually our civilization will fall, right? Probably. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe the world will end first. But there's a good chance that our, especially if the world goes on, you know, another million years or whatever that our civilization will fall and you know things will rise up and, and you know sunrise sunset as it were so i was thinking if, if another civilization maybe they'll just happen upon some in some medium in some rubble somewhere they'll happen upon the adorable boy podcast episode eight and that could be their window into how life was in the year 2020 so i was thinking well, I don't want them to, to know how it really was. So what if I did a segment where I, I talk about how 2020 should be instead of really the way it is and, you know, just completely lie and just so that, I don't know, just a little hope that it saves our name in the future because what does a man, a woman, or a civilization have if not a good name, right? So... I'm going to read, I had a few, few ideas, I'm going to read them. This is, now, I want them to find this, this bit, hopefully leaving out this part where I explain that it's all a lie, but I want them to find this and think, oh, hey, 2020 must have been great. I don't, I don't want us to be embarrassed, you know? So, I have a list here of just some things that I want them to think about us in the year 2020. So, in 2020... Athletes stay in their lane, and they don't talk about political issues that they know nothing about. Basketball player LeBron James has never supported a tyrannical regime, and the National Basketball Association does not support tyrants and ignore their atrocities. Athletes that do speak about politics are educated, and they often become politicians themselves and do quite, quite good things. And that's how it is in 2020. So if you're from a future civilization... 2020 is not too bad on that end, right? All right, next thing. In 2020, people who burned buildings and looted stores and, and assaulted people and sometimes murdered people, they were all arrested. That was not allowed to stand in the year 2020. Those crimes were not tolerated and law and order reigned supreme. All right. In 2020, the people of America came together across political lines to keep the country safe during a pandemic. 
We didn't fight. We didn't fight about every little thing. We didn't fight about masks. We didn't fight about schools opening. We were together, a united front, and we overcame. And that's what we were in 2020. So, Mr. Future Civilization, I'm talking to you. 2020 was a great year. All right. In 2020, in America, religious liberty was preserved as outlined by the Constitution. Now, we had a Constitution. Maybe you've learned about it. Future Civilization Man, maybe you haven't. But it, it, it didn't give us rights. It protected our rights that we believe were given by our Creator, by God. So, and our religious rights were, were respected and they weren't infringed upon and they weren't ignored and they weren't lessened, diminished. They were protected in 2020. So that was good. That was a good thing in 2020. Also in 2020, and this is a good one, no politicians posted on Twitter. They didn't do it. None of them. They all had too, they all had too many more important things to do. And if one had, then as, as, a, as a populist, we would say, we don't want that. Please stop doing that. And they would. But no one did. So that's awesome. In 2020, we were concerned with the truth, regardless of where we fell on the political spectrum. So it's not like we just looked at every issue and then deci- and then figured out what your party would say. And then, you know, thought that we, we looked for the truth no matter what. And if it proved us wrong, we were humble and it proved us wrong. And we we amended ourselves and it was all for the greater good. And it was the greater good. Individual thought was at an all-time high. You know, people just did, didn't just blindly follow their, their political party. And that's another thing that was great about 2020. In 2020, the mayor of New York City did not publicly deface a sidewalk as crime skyrocket, skyrocketed throughout all five boroughs. May seem like an odd specific, uh, oddly specific thing to tell you, Mr. Future Civilization Man. But that didn't happen. The mayor of New York City didn't do that. So that's 2020. In 2020, we did not televise a funeral of a man who once held a loaded gun to a pregnant woman's stomach as he robbed her. And we definitely didn't do it four times. And because the virus, as I mentioned before, was raging, it was, it was treated like every other funeral in America and only a select number of people could, could attend. So another oddly specific one, Mr. Future Civilization Man. But um, that, that's how 2020 was. We didn't do that. All right, back to sports. In 2020, all major sports treated games as an escape from reality rather than a way to score points with a very loud minority in the public eye. Athletes were athletes, and they played their game, they respected their game, and they respected their fans. And they all held their own personal beliefs, and they may have even espoused them in the, in the correct venue. They didn't, you know... They didn't let it take over, and they were all pretty sensible, and that was, that was a good thing. In 2020, no American cities supported autonomous zones. So I guess we didn't have these, but I, I assume an autonomous zone would be a, a spot in a city within the United States that was just ignoring the law. We didn't have those in 2020. I don't know if in the future maybe they, they happened somewhere, but in 2020 that wouldn't, that wouldn't have happened because, of, you know, just the public would have saw them for the dangerous things that they were and not really for the, for if they were, if they did occur, they would have been probably fake and, and probably set up to benefit a certain group of people, but they didn't happen anyway. So, you know, that's good. 
All right. In 2020, there was only one podcast that waged a war on kowtowing. And that was us. The adorable boys are waging a war on kowtowing. We're identifying our targets. And now part and parcel, as my friend Boomer Esiason would say often, part and parcel of that war was the, was the war against the unthinking mob. It's all the same war. And we fought it. We were on the front lines. We were the leaders. We were the generals. And that's how 2020 went for the adorable boys. All right. Uh, back to politics. In 2020, the Democratic Party's pres- presidential candidate was not a man who was a staunch proponent of the disastrous war on drugs. You see, Mr. Future Civilization Man, about 30 years before 2020, in the 80s, uh, the U.S. government started a war on drugs, and it really succeeded to spread drugs more. And not only that, but put people in jail and and pack the prison system and create career criminals. It was just a disaster. And all the politicians who supported that weren't very successful afterwards because we realized what happened. And one definitely didn't run for president in the year 2020. So that didn't happen. All right. In 2020, the Democratic Party's candidate was a fresh-faced, cognitively capable person who had a chance to actually win the election. So that's who they fielded. I don't know. I'm recording this before the election, only a few months before the election. So I don't know who wins. Listen, maybe listen to a future Adorable Boy podcast for that. But I know the candidate who he is now, and it wasn't, you know, an older gentleman who was a proponent of the war on drugs who um, just seemed out of it. That wasn't him. He was fresh-faced. It was great. And actually in 2020, let me amend what I just said. New information. Um, I got confused there. There was no presidential candidate, Democratic presidential candidate in the year 2020. So that's that's how 2020 went, Mr. Future Civilization Man. Uh, now, Mr. Future Civilization Man, if you would stop listening, that would be great. Um, and now to the, the present Adorable Boy podcast audience. There we go. I think we're going to call that bit uh, Future Civilization Man. Maybe we'll do a few more in the coming weeks of the Adorable Boy podcast. So right now, uh, before we go, let me um, go to break. Let me tell you, you can catch us on social media. Twitter and Instagram, it's at Adorable Podcast. It's twitter.com slash Adorable Podcast and Instagram, whatever. Facebook, the Adorable Boy podcast, AOL keyword adorable boy podcast Um, and catch us on every social media you want to find us on go to our website we have a partnership with uh podbean to host our web our uh, website and our podcast very lucrative for both sides i believe and so we're gonna oh we got a great um commercial coming up i know usually you don't get excited about a commercial but on the adorable boy podcast we love our sponsors so much that you do and this one is for the sponsor of the Adorable Boy Podcast Duel. Hashtag Podcast Duel. They're making it possible to come with to come at you without commercials. And it's just great. It's a new TV show coming this fall. And it's called Suspenseful Cop Show. And we're going to let them tell you all about it. This fall, you'll find out that the law has a heart. Are you going to have to testify? 
but but I'm scared. Yeah, I know it's been stressful. I'll do my best. Okay, while you're doing that, I need to sharpen a pencil for you. I'm scared. Um, are you gonna do anything but sharpen that pencil? I'm on trial for murder here. Well, what is your plan for my defense? Well, I started working as an attorney when you was 15 years old. I, why did you tell me that? Are, are you going to defend me or am I going to go to jail for murder? Okay, you can use this pencil. Pencil? Uh, there's like 20 pencils in front of you. Can I get a different lawyer? The state is paying for me to be here. Nothing's coming out of your pocket. So do you have any defense planned? I got a couple pencils. Well, I'm going to jail. This fall, learn what it's like to be the law and keep order. Suspenseful Cop Show. Wow, that is chilling. That's going to be a great show, and I can't wait to watch it. This is the Adorable Boy Podcast, and we are back. Episode 8. Thank you for joining us. Got a chance. They sent me a few episodes uh, of the show. I think the first, like, six. It's a suspenseful cop show. It's coming this fall. And I just got to say, Frank and Beans, have you watched it? Frank and Beans, of course, cannot work a microphone. He's... The only producer in podcasting who can't work a microphone, so he's just going to tell me. Have you watched it, Frank? Yeah, it was awesome, wasn't it? I tell you, I just sat down and I, I went to watch it. And it was, I think it was, it was an hour each. There were six episodes. I, six hours just flew right by. You know, and I was supposed to, I had an appointment. I was supposed to pick someone up. Completely forgot about it. They ended up trying to walk home, got hit by a car. So that's how good this show is. It causes people to get hit by cars. But, I mean, it's so good that it causes other people to be negligent and then their friends to be hit by cars. But we don't want to attach anything negative to the show. It's just so great. Six hours of my life just flew by. Um, just the characters are great. You know, it, you, really, you really personally care about each one. There's, um, they kind of, instead of just having a cop solving a case, it's a cop solving a case. But he's also solving things within himself or herself. It's very PC, very friendly. That everyone is represented. I just think I think everyone's going to love the show. I think it's going to be a big hit. And I would say this whether they're sponsoring the duel or not. They have some great actors. They have um, guy some good people who you haven't seen in a few years, but they're doing you know great job. First six episodes, they have a few celebrity guests. But they what one thing I like about it is that they get a lot of young people to play. Like the the criminals and the and the victims and the victims' families, 
and they're small parts, but they're very intense. There's a lot of emotion. And I just really, I loved it. All the performances. It's like nothing you've seen before. You know, it's not like it's something that's on during a marathon, like on every, every weekend, you know. So it's a suspenseful cop show. I give it a 10 out of 10. If I, if I could give it more, I would. You, uh, let me, we could talk about some of the characters. You have, we have the one guy who, who is from the streets who became a cop. And his, his story arc is really, really well done, I think. Uh, you have the female who, who, because of the job she does, she, she interacts with a lot of victims. It's hard for her to find a relationship. Uh, but she's tough as nails, you know, and she puts out a very tough exterior. But she's also gentle and beautiful. It's, it's just wonderful. It's like nothing you've seen. And then they also have lawyers, because sometimes they do like courtroom scenes. And and they're all they got really good distinguished actors and actresses to play those lo- those characters. I just I'm just I can't say enough about a, a suspenseful cop show. It's just it's just great. And then of course they are sponsoring the adorable hashtag adorable boy podcast duel. The first ever podcast duel in podcasting history. And you know, that shows that the show is forward thinking and almost gives you a, an idea of where they're gonna go in the future. Because of their forward ability to think ahead. Adorable cop show. This isn't, I'd be saying this whether they were a sponsor or not. So don't, you know, we're going to get email and all that stuff. Genuinely a good show. And I like it. Um, And my friend, he's going to, he should be okay. I don't know. He's still unconscious. But I don't know. Don't get hit by cars. It's not my fault to get hit by a car. I didn't step in front of the car. I wasn't driving the car. So I had nothing to do with that. Am I sorry that I didn't pick him up from the airport when I was supposed to? I mean, no. But that's just, just how it goes. But anyway, we don't want to associate Suspenseful Cop Show with anything negative. So if you can, just forget I said any of that. Suspenseful Cop Show is a great show. I love it. They are sponsors. It has nothing to do with it. It's just that it gives a unique view into what police go through. You know, police who go out there every day and face dangerous situations. And we really do, it, 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 it's a good tool to help us respect the police. And I think that's good. You know what, Spud? I'd go a little easier in your support of that oppressive organization known as the police. Maybe the judge would like to hear your thoughts. Ugh. It's the unthinking mob here to brighten our day. What do you want? Let's make this one quick, okay? We're busy. Well, I have as much time as I want, Spud. Remember, the court gave it to me, and I'll take every single second I want. All right, but you don't understand podcasting, so let me just catch my fans up here. Okay. Uh, basically, we had a segment that we used to do on the radio. We had the ABN News Network. We started on the podcast. We tried to. Every time they came on, they called me racist. I stopped having them on. They, went, they took it to court without me knowing and got a ruling without me knowing, and in apparently in a legal court somewhere, I, he won't tell me where, but in a legal court somewhere, this voice-disguising jackass um, got me bra- officially branded a federal racist, which I didn't know you could do. I didn't know about the trial. I didn't know about any of it. So now the court says that I have to let him on here to spout his nonsense. And last week, he told me that he was going to get the courts after me because I disrespected him. He hasn't done so yet. And uh, I, I have a feeling he won't, but I've been letting him on here just to show his stupidity, basically. 
So, and this is the leader of the unthinking mob. I don't know what his or her name is. Obviously, they're disguising their voice. They won't tell me their name. They won't tell me anything about themselves. So listen to a few minutes of, of unbelievable hatred and stupidity. Go ahead. I hope I said enough for you well there, buddy boy or buddy girl. That's right, Spud. My time. And soon, it'll be my podcast. But that's no matter right now. You really should rethink your stance on the oppressive regime that has dominated law enforcement in this country. Well, I like police. I think we need them. I think they protect us. I think any good society needs police. And I think 99% of them are good. Yeah, there are some bad ones. And we should work on getting rid of them instead of disbanding the entire police and saying that only people with privilege need the police. Because I know a lot of people that aren't very privileged that are glad that there are police to, to help them. But what about the man they murdered? What about him? Well, I don't support, support murder of any kind. Um, but we still need the police to stop other murders and other things. Hmm. Maybe the judge would like to hear about your support for such a racist organization. Okay, so you're telling me you don't want any police at all? None? Yes. Okay, so what would you do if someone broke into your house or beat you up or tried to rob you or committed any crime against you? Like, what would you do if you saw someone about to commit a murder? What would you do? You're looking out your window, wherever you live, and someone's about to kill someone. What would you do? Calling the police is a prime example of white privilege. So I wouldn't call them. That doesn't make any sense. What would you do if, if someone is about to be murdered and, and you, you're, you're watching it? What would you do? Well, if you're going to press me into playing make-believe with you, it would depend on the race of the victim and the potential perpetrator. It would depend on the race? Yes, the race, bud. Stupid, stupid radio DJs. Listen, if the murderer is not white and the victim is not white, then I leave it alone because I can't tell that to anyone. No news is going to buy a video of that happening. If the mur- but if the murderer is white and the victim is not white, oh, then I get my cell phone out. So you wouldn't try to stop the murderer. You would just get your cell phone out. And I presume you would take a video of it and then I guess try to sell it? If I can make money and call out white privilege, well then why wouldn't I do that? So according to, according to what you just told me, you would never try to stop any murder if it was happening right in front of you. I didn't say that. Don't put words into my mouth. Well, I didn't, because that's what you just said. But anyway, what if someone was trying to murder you? What, what would you do then? You're in your house. There's someone outside actively trying to kill you. You're not going to call the police? <laughs> stupid, stupid spud. That would never happen. I live in the back of a 100-acre lot. I have a large brick wall surrounding my entire house and an underground access tunnel. Also, I have paid security 24-7, 365. So then what about someone who doesn't have all that stuff? What are they supposed to do to protect themselves? Spud, I've entertained you long enough. Isn't this supposed to be my time? I don't know why you're trying to control it. Maybe the judge would like to hear about it. About this whole thing you're doing. Fine, go ahead. Um, I'd really like to know this judge's name. It It only seems fair. But um, I don't think you're going to tell me that, are you? You be quiet now, Spud. The winds are turning. This week's Democratic convention shows that the world is on the side of the unthinking mob. I bet it killed you and all of your racist friends to see so many women and people of color speak about how time is up for people like you, Spud. And I bet you cried all night about former Republican messiahs 
like John Kasich speaking for the Democrats. Even they see how evil you are, and they are. Oh, Spud, it's so delicious. So delicious to see you squirm. It's like I'm eating lunch with my hipster friends and one of them is wearing a scuba suit. Because, you know, take that, man. We don't fit into your mold, racist. Well, that was a weird thing you just said, um, but I'm fine with anyone speaking anywhere. The convention seemed pretty normal, like normal convention speeches. And uh, I'm not Republican, but I don't think anyone considered Kasich a Republican messiah. Shh, Spud. This is my time. My time. The point is that you're about to feel the revenge of four years of not getting Trump out of office. We will remember everyone who wasn't with us, and you will pay. I thought you guys wanted peace. That doesn't sound very peaceful. But um, what do you mean by pay? How, how are we going to pay? I mean, I don't, even, I don't even do anything. So, how are we going to pay? I never said that. Oh, but you're in for a rude awakening. We're going to get you. You literally just said it. But your plan is to take revenge on everyone that you don't agree with politically? Men, women, and children. But I never said that. But I, I just heard you. You just said that. You're, you're, you're saying things, and then the next, very next sentence... You're saying you didn't say what you just said. What, what are you doing? I didn't say that. I didn't say any of that stuff. That's just your white privilege making you hear things. All right, I've had about enough. Um, is, that, is that all you got? Can we end this? No, that isn't all I have, Spud. And you can't end it. You don't get to say when we end it. You don't get to rush me. I, say, I get to say what I want for as long as I want. Do you understand? I can go for days and you have to broadcast it. I have power. Me. I do. I have power. Okay, fine. What, what else you got? I have a lot more to say. Yeah, go ahead and say it. Just say it. Get, get it over with. Well, uh, uh staplers, they're, they're racist, and I bet you use staplers all the time. Right? You're, 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 you're a racist stapler, and you staple with racist staplers. And staples. So many staples, so many racist staples you have. Okay, I hung up on them. I, I just can't handle that anymore. I did the same thing last week, and I haven't heard anything from a judge, so I guess I'm okay. Um, interesting that he he I don't know, he made some kind of threat last week. He didn't mention it today. But uh, there we go. I guess that's I fulfilled my duty to broadcast the unthinking mob, and it was um, soul crushing. It was, and uh, you know, I I I guess we got to go to commercial again. I got to collect myself here from our sponsors rejuvenate myself and um we'll we'll be back the adorable boy episode yeah the adorable boy podcast episode eight back after these words basketball's been good to me like picking me for the West All-Star team three years in a row. I've had it good that way. Once I was on a job that gave me medical and dental care, a 30-day paid vacation, and lots more. Know who I was working for? The Adorable Boy Podcast. That's right. And they'll have that kind of job for you, too. Call The Adorable Boys and see for yourself. Hey, this is Jack Nicholson. You're listening to The Adorable Boys Podcast. Here comes Johnny.
All right. We're about to... We are actually running out of show. This has been a jam-packed Adorable Boy podcast. We're going to do some news, just a little bit of news. And then we will do the tale of the tape. This is our final send-off before the big duel. That's August 25th in international waters. Tickets are sold out, but you can always listen on the Adorable Boy podcast. August 25th. That's when we'll uh, broadcast it, and then that's when you can download it too. If you're not, if you don't get the chance to be there live. All right. So in the news, well, obviously, uh, the news is a democratic convention where uh, they all speak, and eventually they nominate their um, candidate for president. And uh, they had who? They had all all the who's who except for Bill Clinton, because Bill Clinton's a little Epsteiny. These days, if you understand the vernacular, just a little bit too Epsteiny, so they keep a low profile with him. Uh, but uh, former President Obama spoke, and all, all, and they had celebrities, and I don't know. Uh, it's it's a it's an interesting, interesting uh, duo the Democrats are putting out there. You got Joe Biden. Who's been a politician for 50 years. Um, you know, said a lot of stupid things in his day. He was, even as a vice president, he was kind of looked at as kind of a wild card. Um, Obama hadn't endorsed him in the primaries at all, which is weird since he was his vice president. And then it took, it took him, you know, until now to really say something about him. Even after they knew he was going to be the, the nominee. Uh, I mean, the way I see it is the Democratic Party had four years to get an electable candidate out there, and they didn't. Now, I don't imagine that that's stupid, but I don't know what's going on. Because in the adorable boy's opinion, uh, Joe Biden is not electable. Um, so I don't know who wanted him, but that's who they're getting, I guess. So he'll go against Trump. We'll see. He's... he's you know, we'll see, I guess. He, I don't know. But uh, his running mate, Kamala Harris, who is a DA in San Francisco. I learned some things about her. I know we talked about her a little bit last week. But she was a DA in San Francisco. And uh, she, and there's a lot of uh, rumors attached to her that, you know, she didn't go after some people and she went really bad after some other people. In a Black Lives Matter world, though, I, I mean, she put away a lot of people on drug offenses, which maybe they didn't have to be put away. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, I'm not accusing her of anything. I'm just saying that, that that's facts. Maybe they did need to be put away. I don't know. But uh, out of all the people he could have chose, he chose her. And I guess uh, good luck to them. I guess. Uh I saw this also what else is in the news I saw um I saw a video I didn't see the video but I've 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 read about it where some people um they they have I guess they beat a raccoon to death and it's just everyone who I saw read it had seen the video basically that said they cried about it and uh you know it's just we like to keep it light and fun here in the adorable boys but this is you know, it's, it's a complete disrespect for life, which is, is, is a, I mean, that's a real pandemic going on. 
the disrespect for life in the United States and the world, really. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, a, I eat meat, I do all that stuff, but I don't, and I understand that there's a level of cruelty there too. And, and, you know, I, listen, I, I ignore it a lot of times because I'm removed from it. I don't have to face the reality of these animals losing their lives. And maybe if I did, I wouldn't eat meat. But when you, when you beat something to death, you're not going to eat it. You just want to beat it. You just want to kill it. I mean, there's something wrong there. And, you know, I don't know how much longer we can go on like this, you know, with, 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 with no respect for life. I mean, every animal, every living thing is a living thing and, and deserves an amount of respect. And just beating it to death, just just wanting to end life, just to end life. It's sick, but you know this is the news. I, I'd like to keep it light, but this is the news that's going on, and and this is where we are. And and you know, no one will really do anything about it. One party ignores it, and the other party complains about it, but doesn't really do anything about it. So my take it's just you know there's certain communities out there and 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 i believe this is the worst kind of racism it's and it's perpetrated by people who 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 want bigger government and and more welfare and all that stuff um you know for that this is the systemic racism really it's that for for years their families have been told you know you're not good enough to make it on your own you you know you you do what we say when we say and and we'll let you live but you're never going to thrive you're just going to live and i imagine and and we and and our system does it to certain people and really they do it to people of all races and everything but but they really do it to 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 poor people really it's mostly poor people regardless of race um and they they put you down there and they say no you stay there we we give you food we give you some things that you like but you'll never get ahead you'll never you'll never know the achievement because we we're telling you you can't do it and this kind of stuff it makes the adorable boys want to start a a political party of their own in some ways because this is, it's just wrong and and it's it's disproportionately affecting certain parts of the community so, you know, when they tell you there's systematic racism against black people, there is, absolutely, in, in my opinion. But it's perpetrated by people who, who, for generations, have told them that they can't be any better. That they need someone to help them. To, to, they, they need someone to be their benefactor. And, and, and in exchange, they get their vote. And when they get their vote, then they make choices that harm the community. You know, it's a cloak and dagger game. They don't see what's happening to the community. Why would they? How could you? You're, you're, you're in it. And they're telling you, they're telling you, they're telling you. You're brought up. Your parents are brought up. All with being told, no, 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 you're not good enough. I mean, the difference is 40, 50, 60 years ago, there would also be violence accompanied by this, you know, because there was overt, you know, hatred based on skin color. And there is still some of that, but not, it's not as widespread as it was back then. Um, but it's still, I mean, they're still being victimized. 
and it's I, I I don't know it just saddens me. Um. Anyway, again, the adorable boys don't want to get serious, but sometimes the world dictates that we must. Uh, let's see what else is in the news. Let me look here. Uh, let's see. First openly gay U.S. cabinet official in history joins RNC as senior advisor. Well, I mean, I mean that kind of goes along with it. That you know, you would think. I don't know. You think they would? The the Democrats say that they're much more accepting, but they have that. I know it's just one thing, but you know, whatever. Taylor Swift is an in, being an idiot again. Um, Giuliani slams corrupt De Blasio for rising crime in NYC. I don't know. It's my opinion, and and I I have a very close relationship with uh, New York City, and it's my opinion is that it's there are some bad days ahead. Let's hope we can avoid that. That's the adorable boy's opinion. And, and you know what I'm thinking about all this, and it really it goes back to the unthinking mob. You know, the one that's attacking us, the one that I have to allow to speak on the on the show every week. They're the ones who are doing this. They're the ones who are. It's it's them who are. Well, really, they're the useful idiots. Um, Stalin, Joseph Stalin coined a phrase, "useful idiots," and that's the unthinking mob. You know, you got the politicians. The elite politicians are convincing them that their enemy is is every is anyone that disagrees with them. And really, that's not your enemy. In fact, people that disagree with you, I mean, there's, that's how things happen. That's how good things happen. Two disagree, a disagreement, a compromise, we're better than we thought we could be before. Neither side gets exactly what they want, but in the end, both sides grow. You know, that's, that's how you would like to draw it up. But um, the unthinking mob side, they don't want to do that. They don't want to allow anyone to, to flourish. They want to keep everyone where they are, so that they can keep their their status. But then they don't. Then they feel guilty about that, and then they. That's why then they lash out at people like me and call call the adorable boys racist. You know when we, it's just. So you know we're fighting this war. That's all I can say. I wish I could say, you know, we can eliminate them right now, and and it won't take long. But we but we will. Um. We can't say we can't say right now, but uh, just you know, put your faith in the in the adorable boys, and and we'll beat the unthinking mob, and we'll beat the Cowtong podcast, and a new renaissance will begin right here in America. All right, odds of getting COVID on a plane are slimmer than you think. Now I would think that'd be one of the worst places because the air circulates, but apparently it's not. Um, this page doesn't want to load. So yeah. And other than that, the virus still rages on, and the NBA is boring, and baseball's good, but uh, no fans. And uh, yeah, so let's. I think we'll move on to the tale of the tape. On the Adorable Boy podcast, and this is, um, of course, this is the last. You know what? I got to shake off the news, 
Shake it out of me. Get back to the business, the adorable boy business, the quality original content business. That's what business we're in. August 25th, the first ever adorable boy podcast duel, hashtag podcast duel. It is going to be Joe the Camel Boy, a veteran of our show, against another veteran of our show, uh, Low Pitch Tim. And it's going to be a duel. They're each going to have a gun. They're going to have the same kind of gun. We have the guns in place or in, in cases of being watched. We're heading out on a yacht. We're going to international waters. You know, they're going to pace it off. They're going to duel. And I mean, there's a very good chance that one won't be coming. Well, one will be coming back, but but in a body bag. And so, you know, the, it's, it's, we're going to make history uh, podcasting and broadcasting, really. So. We have, we're going to have a weigh-in. Got those scales over there. I don't, we don't really need to for a duel, but why not? All right, we're gonna, yeah, bring, in, uh, bring in Tim and bring in Joe, and, but keep them separated. We have a whole bunch of uh, just producers and, and people that work in the building here to keep them separated. We got two scales. They're each going to get on. We're going to find out their weight. And, you know, that, that'll be next stop, podcast duel. All right. Tim is in here first. Tim, why do you hop on the scale? All right. He is in his underwear. His stomach is is just hanging over, almost like it's going back to the ground. And he's getting on the scale. I can, let's see, it's reading 347 pounds. All right. I don't know. I, 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 I bet that extra weight's going to make him slow. Joe is a very skinny guy. He's a, he's a waif, kind of, so... All right, Joe. Oh, now you get on the scale. Oh, they are staring daggers through each other. Joe steps on the scale. 154 pounds. All right. So Tim's got the weight advantage, though I don't think it matters in a duel. Um, all right. I mean, that was useless, but now we know. Tim, do uh, you have anything to say? All I can say is that Joe is going down. Those are some big words from a man with a broken wrist who's currently bleeding on our scale. All right, how about you, Camel Boy? What do you got? What do you think about uh, your chances against against Low Pitch Tim? All right, well, you know, it doesn't get much, uh, much better than that. These two titans are going to go at it. That is August 25th. On a yacht in international waters. Hashtag podcast duel. First ever podcast duel. No one else has done it before. We're doing it. Two men are going. One man is coming back. We're all having fun. Adorable boy podcast duel. I'm excited. My goodness. In all my years of broadcasting, I don't know if I've ever been more excited for anything than I am for this. So if you can't be there, you gotta you gotta download the podcast. You gotta you gotta listen to it. You gotta feel what we feel. You gotta hear, you gotta you gotta create the picture in your mind. The podcast duel. Next time we are here. Podcast duel. Now both of you. Make your muscles and do your thing. Alright, both of them. Neither one of them have much muscle. And oh, Tim just pushed Oh Tim pushed him. Oh Oh they're they're rolling they're rolling out of the floor. Oh my gosh. Oh my, they're going to, Oh no, they're near the plug. Don't no don't buy but
Adorable boy. Podcast duel. All the peanut butter. August 25th. Adorable boy podcast.